Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. For over 175 years, four purposes have defined Hillsdale's mission, learning, character, faith, and freedom. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to our brothers and sisters at Hillsdale for their great sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. number 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. I see Obama was visiting the White House today. Of course, the media are very excited. It's one lousy president visiting another lousy president, Mr. Producer, wouldn't you say? I would say. Pretty much. All right. The Russians... The Russians are busy murdering, torturing, raping, and molesting in horrifying ways the citizens of Ukraine. All they need, ladies and gentlemen, is a little bit of space. That's all. They're just angry, you see, because, because you know, Ukraine was asking to be part of NATO, and and Ukraine was always part of Russia, going back 1,200 years. Just ask Putin, he'll tell you. And as I say over and over again, read what he wrote, or purportedly wrote, in July of this summer. A handful of us have, who are commentators, I see Mark Thiessen has, based on what he was saying today, he's a good guy. But most of the Putin wing has not. And I noticed the Putin wing of the Republican Party, of the Democrat Party, and the media were fairly quiet yesterday when evidence of genocide, horrifying atrocities, which they can't deny, there's actually photos and videos. You know, like landing on the moon. Showing what's taking place. The Ukrainians aren't doing this to Russian civilians. 
The Russians are doing it to Ukrainian civilians. And by the way, every Russian in Russia doesn't support this. And if they dare to speak out, they're thrown into these gulags for seven to nine years. Well, they're also beaten and tortured and raped. So the Putin wing of the Democrat Party, the Putin wing of the Republican Party, the Putin wing of the media are actually siding with the thugs in Russia. With the Putinoids in Russia who are doing these things to people. And now they're reorganizing the Russians, the army. They're They want to hammer hard in the northeast area where they're going to put most of their troops, most of their tanks, fire most of their missiles. They want to surround the biggest contingent of the Ukrainian military and try and crush them and destroy them because now they think that's the way to take Ukraine. And what is Joe Biden doing in response to this? Folks, unless the Ukrainians get the heavy armaments that they need, jets, tanks, personnel carriers, they can't ultimately win. And a stalemate is a loss because their people are being slaughtered. Their people are being brutalized. Not the Russian civilians, the Ukrainian civilians. Now, many generations see these sort of things take place in the 1930s and 40s. A generation of Americans saw this take place and they responded to it. Eventually. What are we doing? Okay, no troops, got it. Number one, okay, no American military activity in Ukraine directly. Okay, number two. But the idea that we're going to deny the Ukrainian people the weaponry that they need, not just to go on defense, but to go on offense, to attack the enemy is, is, I mean, we're all safe here in America, but it is something that keeps me up at night. It's hard to believe that you see these bodies strewn all over this town. And they say what's going on on that town on the coast of the Black Sea. Maripol, a town of 400, 450,000 people where 300,000 people are stuck. What must be going on there? And it's all with the consent, not consent, with the order of Vladimir Putin, who's been romanticized by certain elements within our society. Romanticized. He's a mass murderer. Just think of the number of people who've died at his hands, whether in the Middle East, Ukraine, Chechnya, wherever. Then he's got this Wagner group. It sounds Nazi-like. Where they send these men in to pretend they're part of the society and then 
They start assassinating people, slitting their throats, you know, doing, doing his dirty work. One Ukrainian refugee and a Shevchenko, 63, said troops pulled women out of houses and raped them. Mykola Kovalenko, 71, said Russian forces shot people trying to flee in the street. Some of them tried to escape by bicycle. They were shot. The soldiers have been called animals. They've been called animals. You know, there are rules in war. Rules in war. You don't target the citizenry this way. Now, despite all of Biden's tough talk, except today he was busy with Obama, of course, but aside from all the so-called tough talk, he's not doing nearly enough. Now, they won't even use the word genocide, and I told you why yesterday. They won't use the word genocide, because if you use the word genocide, you have to actually do something, if not legally, morally, to try and stop genocide, don't you? I think so. Something more than this. Olga Bandara, 58. This is Daily Mail. They dragged women out when they were drunk, sometimes old women too. One of my neighbors saw several women had been hung after being raped. I don't know if the Russians had done it or they killed themselves after what they had to go through. I want you to think about what's going on here. It's terrible. I saw women and children dead in the street, even babies. And this is a, uh, a fighter out of the country of Georgia. 21-year-old David Zavania. I came because I wondered he will do to Georgia what he's done here. He will do to Georgia what he's done here. So he's done it in Georgia. He's done it in crime. He's done it everywhere. This is uh, what you're witnessing. This is what you're witnessing. And God knows what's happening in Maripol. God knows what's happening in these other towns. You have to assume this times hundreds, if not a thousand. It is genocide. This is what we call genocide. I don't care what the lawyers say and the politicians say. The inhumanity is unbelievable. And those who were saying that they were offended with comparisons to genocides in the past, don't be offended, because this, this is turning out to be a major, major genocide on a huge scale. And the Ukrainians know what genocide is. 1932, they suffered at the hands of the Russians, who starved millions of them to death in one year, 18-month period. Really, 90 years ago. 90 years ago, these people were 
were treated this way. It's unbelievable. I'm disgusted by those in the Republican Party, the Democrat Party, and the media who played down what the Russians were doing, who played down when they were amassing troops, who played down Putin for years and years, who made ridiculous arguments about them needing space. I don't care if they've been in the military or not. Needing space. Ridiculous arguments that they just wanted to stop them from joining NATO. Well, they said they won't join NATO. Has that stopped anything? And again, these people are ignoramuses. Just read what Putin said. Just read what he said. And the consequences here, what China may or may not do, Iran may or may not do, are grave for our own country. They are grave for our own country because we're being destroyed from within, number one. Our finances and markets, because of the spending of the Marxists, our own sovereignty and security is being destroyed on the southern border intentionally. Intentionally. A nation cannot be an industrialized nation without the fuel it needs. They've turned the spigots off. They act like a bunch of ninth century buffoons where they're looking at the sun and looking at the wind and they think that'll carry the day. That won't carry a damn thing. Their attack on the civil society with their endless racism and bigotry. A corrupt media. A a cancerous, poisonous media that serves as a voice for the most radical, extreme, anti-American elements in this country. We're being destroyed from within. But that doesn't mean we don't have evil enemies without. And we certainly do. China's not building up his nuclear arsenal, which today the United States said is at a breathtaking pace. Because of Taiwan. And Russia is not allied with China and way ahead of us on hypersonic missiles. Matt Gates is right. Because of Ukraine. We're their enemy. Same with Iran. We're their enemy. And so we deal with this enemy from within. But we must deal properly, prudently. But we must deal with the enemy from without. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, I'm here to talk to you about something very serious. Have you felt something changing in our country? That too many people no longer identify themselves as Americans first, but instead group themselves by race, class, or sex? That we're losing the common idea of justice, the melting pot, that unites us. I'm talking about citizenship, folks. And if we lose the idea of citizenship, then we don't have a country. But there's something you can do. Get educated and then teach others. And my friends at Hillsdale College can show you the way. Hillsdale's new free course on American citizenship will help you learn about what's happening and why. The course is taught by our friend, Dr. Victor Davis Hansen, who will equip you to help restore our country. You can sign up for free at levinforhillsdale.com. 
You'll learn about topics like the history of citizenship, the deep state, and even the Great Reset. Please sign up today to take Hillsdale's free course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. levinforhillsdale.com. You know, being a talk show host and being somebody who wants to do these deep dives and get into issues in a rather significant way and not just bounce around, I assume it's like being a maestro of an orchestra, seriously. I've got so much I want to cover with you this evening at our national town hall meeting here, ladies and gentlemen. And it's not possible to cover it all. So I have to pick and choose. The guests, if we have guests, and we have some good ones tonight, and the subject matter. I can't just bounce to another subject right now. I want you to hear General uh, uh, Mark Milley at a White House Armed Services Committee hearing today. As you know, I'm not a fan of this man. But let's take a listen. First, you'll hear from Bill Keating. Cut three, go. What is the time frame you foresee, given that kind of uh, understanding of the way Russia thinks and acts. Uh, could it be something as long as a decade or even longer uh, that we're involved in this type of conflict? That's hard to tell. It's, it's a bit early uh, still, even though we're a month By the way, plus. keep in mind, this is the man who said Kiev would fall in three days. Kiev would fall in three days. This is the man who felt that the Afghan military could hold off for months. I mean, it's just amazing. Anyway, go ahead war. Um, there is much of the ground war left in Ukraine. But I do think this is a very protracted conflict. Uh, and I think it's at least measured in years. I don't know about decade, but at least years for sure. Uh, this is a very extended conflict that Russia has initiated. Uh, and, and I think that uh, NATO, uh, the United States, Ukraine, and all of the uh, allies and partners that are supporting Ukraine are going to be involved in this for quite some time. But the Ukrainian people, ladies and gentlemen, of the country has left already. The country can't function. Its economic system can't function. It's uh, it's cut off on the Black Sea, on the south. It's cut off on, on the east. It's got limited places it can go on the north and in the west. That's it. People are being slaughtered. Cities are being devastated. Going on for years? Seriously? And if that's Millie's mentality, we got a big problem here, folks. If this goes on for years, the Ukrainians can win. If they have half the armaments as the Russians, they can win. And they can end it and keep this thing within the borders where it won't spread to... Folks, I'm here to talk to you about something very serious. Have you felt something changing in our country? That too many people no longer identify themselves as Americans first, but instead group themselves by race, class, or sex? That we're losing the common idea of justice, the melting pot that unites us. I'm talking about citizenship, folks. And if we lose the idea of citizenship, then we don't have a country. But there's something you can do. Get educated and then teach others. 
And my friends at Hillsdale College can show you the way. Hillsdale's new free course on American citizenship will help you learn about what's happening and why. The course is taught by our friend, Dr. Victor Davis Hansen, who will equip you to help restore our country. You can sign up for free at levinforhillsdale.com. You'll learn about topics like the history of citizenship, the deep state, and even the Great Reset. Please sign up today to take Hillsdale's free course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. You're listening to Denali. The Great One. The Great One. And you can call in now. 877-381-3811. Yeah, there's something very strange going on. I, I, I must confess, something very strange going on. It causes me no limit of frustration. I am as critical as anybody of the leadership at the Pentagon, what they did in Afghanistan. I think the budget they proposed is way too small. They cannot keep up with inflation. We need to pay our men and women in the military properly. People put their life on the line with the overwhelming majority. We, the American people, do not. It's an all-volunteer military. These folks deserve our support. They deserve the best equipment possible. And when they go to war, the best technology is in our 100% support. When there's an enemy like Putin, he is the one that must be condemned. Yes, I believe Joe Biden should be condemned. I think he should be condemned for what he's done with Iran, for what he's done to our military, for what he's done with his appeasement of Putin and Xi, which have helped bring us to this point because he's provoked them. That's not the right word, because he's given them an opportunity. Opportunity. They see that he's weak. We discussed this here even before he was elected, that he's their candidate. He's their candidate. We knew it. You all knew it. But the person who is specifically responsible for the genocide and the atrocities that are taking place is Putin. The person who is responsible for allowing Putin to do so much of this without providing the Ukrainians with what they need is really the West. It's not the person. But clearly Biden won't allow them to have the fighters that they request. He won't allow them. And I was thinking about this today. What country's been taking the lead here? A small country with a small economy, with a small military called Poland. Poland's been taking the lead. With a different American president, I think we'd have a different outcome here. I don't think Putin would have invaded if Trump were president. And if Trump were president, I think he would have been pouring... Billions of dollars in hardware, heavy hardware, artillery, whatever they needed, into Ukraine. In fact, I don't think there's any question about that. 
So, of course, Biden could be blamed for this in that respect, failing to do what he's able to do but refuses to do. But the person responsible for the execution of these people, for their torture, their rape, their the inhumanity, is Putin. He's the enemy. Now, the people of which I speak, they don't think we should do more. They think we should do less. And if they had had their way five, six weeks ago, we would have done nothing. This Tulsi Gabby, what is her name? Tulsi Gabbard. Why is she a hero of conservatives? She's your typical isolationist. America last Democrat. That's not to say that she fits in with AOC and all, clearly not. But she's not your typical military person. She's not your typical vet. You have to cherry pick people like this to have them speak. She was the lead speaker at CPAC. I don't get that either. I'm not attacking CPAC. I'm just, it's, just, it's just a decision I'm not quite in agreement with. When people regurgitate the foreign policy notions of people like George McGovern in my day in the 70s, or even Bernie Sanders today, that's not conservatism, constitutionalism, it's insanity. What Putin is doing to the people in Ukraine. What he's doing to the people in Ukraine is genocide. Because that's how he's decided he has to win. I watch television. I watch some of the greatest evangelical leaders in our country running ads, speaking to the American people, trying to raise funds to help these people. And I have one name so far, Mr. Producer. Are there others? We'll talk about that during the break. But we will give you those some of these names. They're not exclusive, but there are some. Some of whom... We're aware of some of whom have contacted us, or me. When you look at this, when you look at the Chabad rabbis, these fantastic rabbis who have organized, mostly quietly, but not exclusively quietly, and... uh, are doing everything they can to help as many people as they can in Ukraine. These are not extremists. These are people of great faith. Great faith. There's a lot more we can do in the United States. There's a hell of a lot more we can do here. We're afraid of having our fingerprints on it. 
but we can't send them to MiG-29 because of World War III. We have our media literally regurgitating what Putin says, what Lavrov says, what all these clowns say. Literally mouthpieces for them. Well, what if Russia does this and what if Russia does that? Nobody's attacking Russia. Nobody's making claim to Russian lands. Nobody's saying Russia better not be in an alliance with China or anybody else. They're saying keep your damn hands off the Ukrainians, you bastard. No, it's not in our national security interests, you know, Mark. Apparently to these people, unless you literally attack the continental United States, it's not the national security interests of America. So why have a military? Just have a police force that's heavily armed. Anyway, I'm deeply troubled by this. This does not represent my perspective of life. My understanding of history. So many of you in this audience are serving in the military or have served in the military with great honor. You know exactly what I'm talking about. So many of you in this audience are family members of people who have served or are serving. You know exactly what I'm talking about. If anything ever happens with our troops in some horrific way, we have a whole legal system set up to deal with it. An entire legal system. We're not the Russian government. Putin is to be despised. Despised. Not romanticized. Zelensky is to be praised and celebrated. Not hated. Not smeared. Mr. Producer, yesterday I didn't get to a piece that I put aside about Winston Churchill and Zelensky. You want to see if you can find it on the list and send it to me, please? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Folks, I'm here to talk to you about something very serious. Have you felt something changing in our country? That too many people no longer identify themselves as Americans first, but instead group themselves by race, class, or sex? That we're losing the common idea of justice, the melting pot that unites us. I'm talking about citizenship, folks. And if we lose the idea of citizenship, then we don't have a country. But there's something you can do. Get educated and then teach others. And my friends at Hillsdale College can show you the way. Hillsdale's new free course on American citizenship will help you learn about what's happening and why. The course is taught by our friend, Dr. Victor Davis Hansen, who will equip you to help restore our country. You can sign up for free at levinforhillsdale.com. You'll learn about topics like the history of citizenship, the deep state, and even the Great Reset. Please sign up today to take Hillsdale's free course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Roberts is one of the great and most brilliant 
historians of our time, particularly, I would argue, as it applies to Winston Churchill. I mean, he's gone into the archives. He's looked at as much as any human being can. And that's the same with our buddy, Larry Arn, Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College. Roberts writes, Churchill, Zelensky, and the American right in the Wall Street Journal, the British leader would have appreciated the Ukrainian president's resistance of Russian aggression. And national conservatives should offer their full-throated support. What would Winston Churchill make of Europe in 2022, he says? He was a powerful advocate for the nation-state and the concept of national sovereignty. Yet he appreciated that states sometimes need to band together. and was a keen supporter of the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, that's NATO, founded in April 1949. He was also the father of the concept of the United States of Europe. In speeches in Zurich in 1946, The Hague in 1948, and Strasbourg, France in 1949, he promoted the idea that the nation-states of Western Europe band together in a free trade zone, which he hoped would make war impossible between states, whose enmity had led to the loss of many of his friends' lives, not once but twice earlier in the century. Let Europe arise, he said at Zurich. NATO existed eight years before the European Economic Community was founded in 1957, but the common market was to be the economic pillar of Western European unity. The U.S. fully supported it, little recognizing that the ultimate ambition of many of the founders of the EEC was to become a superpower that they hoped will one day come to rival American herself. Churchill, however, never wished for the United Kingdom to be a member of this European project, In his three great speeches on Europe, he made clear that he considered Britain and its Commonwealth to be politically outside the structure of the United States of Europe rather than integral to it. As he put it in Zurich, Great Britain, the British Commonwealth of Nations, mighty America, and I trust Soviet Union, for then indeed all would be well, must be the friends and sponsors of the New York, must champion its right to live and shine. Churchill never envisioned Britain weakening its own ties with its commonwealth, along with the rest of the English-speaking peoples, especially the special relationship, a phrase Churchill invented with the United States. He didn't mind Britain even joining the talking shops, such as the Council of Europe, but the surrender of any British sovereignty never crossed his mind. That's why when Churchill became prime minister again in October 1951, he didn't involve Britain. The discussions that led to the Treaty of Rome, which was signed less than two years after he left office. He actively opposed any British involvement in the European coal and steel community and the European army concept. He described the latter, which Europhiles always bring up during crises, such as the present one in Ukraine, as a sludgy amalgam. And he recognized that it could only undermine NATO. The European Parliament similarly attracted desire. In March of 1948, he told his friend Lady Violet Bonham Carter, the European federal solution couldn't work because the Parliament of Europe is quite impractical. <coughs> After visiting Churchill in the hospital in 1962, General Bernard Montgomery told the press that he had found him sitting up in bed smoking cigars, drinking brandy, and, quote, protesting against British proposed entry into the common market, unquote. The EEC, which Britain did join in 1973, began as a free trade agreement, but it morphed into what its founders had wanted all along, the kind of interfering, top-down, one-size-fits-all bureaucracy that Churchill despised. 
Anyway, he goes on. Hungary's status as a functioning democracy is proven by the fact that Viktor Orban's government faces a general election on Sunday, which he won overwhelmingly, by the way, whereas Mrs. von der Yelian became president of Europe without ever facing the continent's voters. In Brussels, subsidiary breeds contempt. Subsidiarity breeds contempt, which is one of the reasons that 17.4 million Britons were right to vote for Brexit in 2016. Vladimir supported Brexit, but I suspect that he's regretting it now. It has given Britain a new sense of independence, whereby it supported Ukraine much earlier and more generously than the large countries of the EU, such as France and Germany. No reflection on Churchill today would be complete without noting the Churchillian leadership of President Vladimir Zelensky. Mr. Zelensky saw the Afghan president flee when the Taliban advanced on Kabul last year and decided he wouldn't be that kind of leader. He summoned his inner Churchill and decided to stay in his capital and fight it out. And if he dies in Kiev, Mr. Zelensky will become a martyr to Ukrainians for centuries, be even more of a threat to Putin in death than he is in life. Like Churchill, Zelensky endures nightly attacks on his capital city for weeks on end, speaks to his people without ever sugaring the pill, appeals for the tools to finish the job, and in direct paraphrase of Churchill's June 4, 1940 speech, after Dunkirk has promised to fight in the forest and the streets and not to surrender. Churchill never had to face enemy group troops in London suburbs or assassination squads. Mr. Putin has described Mr. Zelensky as a neo-Nazi and a drug addict. The neo-Nazi jibe stretches credulity for many reasons, not the least Mr. Zelensky's Jewishness. With regard to addiction, I wish Mr. Putin had revealed what drug Mr. Zelensky is taking so that I could get some. Churchill said in January 1940, Finland, superb, nay sublime. In the jaws of peril, Finland shows what free men can do. The service rendered by Finland to mankind is magnificent. Today would apply those same words to Ukraine. There are people in the conservative movement who oppose and attack Mr. Zelensky. I understand their arguments intellectually. Some are ideological, others have to do with World War II. Still others go back to Catherine the Great, or to events as recent as the Trump presidency. I beseech them to recognize that as of February 24, everything has changed, not only because of Mr. Putin's invasion, but because of the brutal way it has been carried out. For all our sophisticated appreciation of real politic, we mustn't blind ourselves to the fact that an evil man has done a terrible, evil thing. And there are times when conservatives need to stand up and say things that hardly anyone wants to hear, that run counter to the overwhelming opinion of the world. Churchill himself did that over-appeasement during the wilderness years. And we do it here. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. 
Mike Levin here, our number 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Folks, I want to finish this piece because Andrew Roberts is a very important figure who knows Churchill as well as anybody else. And he said, sometimes I feel that there are some in the conservative movement who enjoy being contrary for its own sake, out of perversity or a desire for attention, regardless of the cost of the wider movement and how it looks to ordinary people. They fail to heed the enormous damage done to the right in denouncing Mr. Zelensky and the favorable opinion that is strongly held by many millions. Perhaps billions of people around the world have been profoundly moved by Ukraine's plight. Consider David Stockman, Ronald Reagan's budget director, who last month wrote that, quote, We were already getting sick and tired of this Zelensky clown, that Zelensky should resign and make way for a collaborationist government that will sue for peace, and that Ukraine's government is made up of anti-Russian fascists and oligarchs. At least he didn't mention drug addicts. Mr. Stockman went on to argue that Ukraine isn't a real country and has no genuine sovereign independence. Day after day in their cities, suburbs, and forests, ordinary Ukrainians are showing that it is a real country. They wouldn't be fighting and dying if they didn't believe that. The European Union isn't a real country. No one would fight and die for its flag and anthem and leaders. But Ukraine has proved that it is one. The martyrdom of Ukraine and the Churchillian leadership of Mr. Zelensky and his people are showing has changed the political landscape. We believe in uniting the right, and especially if you want to do it when the left is so disunited. Now is the time for open-hearted and full-throated support of Ukraine and its leader. Mr. Zelensky was a comedian in an earlier career. In the one for which history will remember him, he is the kind of freedom fighter that conservatives should applaud. Now is not the time to continue fighting the struggles that seemed to matter before February 24. Just as many of the American first isolationists quickly and patriotically came around to the overwhelming need for the U.S. to join in the struggle against Japan and Germany, and thus largely escaped the contempt of history that would otherwise have been their lot. So Mr. Zelensky's critics on the right should heed the courage of a people who are battling a more massive and naked display of barbarism by a great power than most people alive can remember. Mr. Roberts, professor of war studies at King's College London, author of Churchill, Walking with Destiny. This is adapted from his March 24 speech at the National Conservatism Conference in Brussels. I agree with, if not every word, virtually every word, of what he has said there, and I don't even think at this point it's much of an issue. I really don't. Now we move on, as we must, to the United States Supreme Court. Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, and Lisa Murkowski, the Three Stooges. The Three Stooges of the American Republican Party in the Senate have announced that they will vote for the most radical extreme individual to ever be nominated to serve on the court of the United States, the Supreme Court. From a left-wing Marxist perspective. 
She's a promoter of critical race theory. She rejects the foundational arguments under the Declaration of Independence of natural rights for each and every individual human being. This is key. That means she rejects Aristotle. She rejects Brutus. She rejects Cicero. She rejects the whole notion that undergirds Western civilization. She rejects the Judeo-Christian belief system. That doesn't mean she doesn't go to church and so forth. I'm saying individual, natural human rights. That's at the core of everything. And she takes no position. That's in your founding document, the Declaration of Independence. Mitt Romney does not have a problem with this. Mitt Romney voted against her about a year or two ago for the circuit court in Washington, D.C. Since then, her record has been further exposed as an extreme radical who has coddled child pornographers and those who use it. Coddled them. Romney's decided, despite the fact that more of this information has been revealed, that he is going to vote for her. Lisa Murkowski, who wants to be re-elected to the United States Senate. And we're bringing her Republican opponent on in the primary, in the third hour. She's announced that she's going to vote for Jackson. And of course, Susan Collins was the first one out of the box. You see, ladies and gentlemen, these are self-righteous narcissists. They pretend that they're very thoughtful, independent thinkers. They're not thinkers at all. They're positioning themselves constantly. Here you have Mitt Romney from the state of Utah, who refuses to endorse incumbent Senator Mike Lee in his re-election. Refuses to endorse incumbent Senator Mike Lee in his re-election, but is endorsing the most radical nominee ever made to the Supreme Court of the United States for a lifetime appointment, despite her record, despite her past comments. He has announced his endorsement and has assured that she will be on the court, as has Murkowski of Alaska, as has... Collins of Maine. What is it with Maine, Alaska, and Utah that they send us such buffoons? Absolute buffoons. Mitt Romney says that the hearings were nasty, that Republicans were grandstanding. Mitt Romney is always grandstanding, and he's extremely nasty. What does Mitt Romney stand for, ladies and gentlemen? What does Lisa Murkowski stand for? What does Susan Collins stand for? They stand for themselves. They have no guiding principles. None. You're going to vote for somebody to go on the Supreme Court who rejects the Declaration of Independence? And the entire American view of the human person? Unalienable rights. It's because they come from natural rights. Individual liberty come from 
natural rights. The right to be unmolested in your home. The right to be unmolested in your speech, in your associations. That comes out of natural rights. It is a barrier that surrounds you that the government is not supposed to penetrate. This is what the great thinkers have thought. This is what the great writers have written. This is Alexis de Tocqueville and much more. And she rejects it. She takes no position on it. She takes no position on the principles that undergird this society and Mitt Romney and Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski are going to vote for her because they say she's highly qualified. And there's not a single Democrat in the United States Senate who will vote against her or even speak out against her. Not One. Not one. Then, of course, if you dare to raise it, you're a racist. If you trash black women who are nominated to top positions of the court by Republicans, if you trash black men who are nominated to high positions or the court by Republicans, if you nominate Hispanic women, Hispanic men, Asian women, Asian men to the court or high positions and you're Republican? They're smeared. Their characters are destroyed. Even after they're on the court, look at the Thomases, what they're doing to them. Look at them. Who is Sotomayor's husband? Is she even married? Do we know anything? No. Why not? Because they don't care. They don't care. How about Jackson's husband? Do we know anything about him? Not a damn thing. Nothing. Nobody looks. This is historic, you see, ladies and gentlemen. And these three Republicans go along with it, and not a single Democrat. Manchin was first in line. I'm voting for her. I like her. Why? Let's be honest. Manchin's an idiot. He's a low IQ dummy. He does barely enough to represent the people of West Virginia. But I would ask the people of West Virginia, do you want a lifetime justice who can't define the word woman because she doesn't want to? Do you want a lifetime justice who believes that critical race theory is a proper ideology and principle on which this nation was founded? Do you want a justice who's soft on child porn? Do you want a justice Who's soft on the whole idea of transgenderism in children? Because that's what we're getting. And you in Utah can thank Mitt Romney. And you folks in Maine can thank Susan Collins. And you folks in Alaska can do something about this. You can kick Lisa Murkowski in the ass and out of the United States Senate once and for all. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you ever played the game, Would You Rather, with your kids? Would you rather be a donkey or an elephant? That was an easy one. Well, here's another easy one. Would you rather overpay for cell phone service every month to a company with leftist values or pay about half with pure talk and support a company who cares about your values? It's time to ditch Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Pure talk has the same 5G coverage as one of those big guys. 
but saves the average family over $800 a year. I made the switch, and so can you. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data is just $30 a month. Or get unlimited data and still save a fortune. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. July 4, 1776, in Congress, the Second Continental Congress, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bonds which have connected them with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station, listen, to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitle them. A decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. It's right there in the first sentence. The laws of nature and of nature's God. She was asked about this in a written question after her truncated, speedy hearing of a full 20 hours. Poor thing. And she said, I take no position. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Unalienable rights come from the laws of nature and of nature's God. They do not come from government. They're unalienable. And the nominee to the Supreme Court of the United States would not take a position on this. And that attracted the support of three Republicans. Mitt Romney, who voted against her 12 or 18 months ago. I guess it's 12 months ago. Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins. These three Republicans voting for her and ensuring that she will have a lifetime appointment for 30 or 40 years on the Supreme Court of the United States. And let me be abundantly clear because she'll be there till the end after I'm dead and gone said, let me make it abundantly clear today. She'll be a voice on the court for the dissolution of this republic. For the unraveling of the Constitution. For the rejection of the founding. For the war on family and faith. She'll smile. She'll be a historic figure But that's where her ideology, that's where her substance lay. That's who she is. 
You have the governor of Colorado, ladies and gentlemen, who's just signed a law that abortion is a right in Colorado right up to the birth of the baby. I don't ever want to hear again that the left and the Democrats believe in science. Roe versus Wade never said anything like that as as an abomination as it is. Right up to birth. Do you think the Democrat Party believes in children? Do you think the Democrat Party... It's like this guy Larry Hogan, a Republican of the Mitt Romney, Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins ilk. He doesn't understand why Florida passed this law anyway. Protecting children from educational bureaucrats who insist on sharing their sex lives with them, explaining to them the difference between the sexes and transgenderism, sexualizing babies, five to eight years old. And the Republican governor of Maryland doesn't understand why a statute like that would be passed. It would never be passed in in Maryland. Of course not, because you're a puke. And your legislature is filled with Democrat pukes. But this is what's viewed as a a righteous Republican, you see. And so, the party and its radicalism now believes in abortion up to birth, even though science tells you that those are babies and they can live. Abortion up to birth. Think about it. No country. There's not a country on the face of the earth that does that except ours. Not any. None. You don't treat dogs and cats that way. But let's continue. And teaching little kids. Sex, sex acts. transgenderism little babies and the democrat party says they stand for children you see because they pass laws that nationalize the raising of children you understand you don't care for people just because you spend money you don't care for people just because you pass laws you don't care for people just because you give power and authority for strangers federal, state, or local bureaucrats to raise your children. That's not caring for people. That destroys the family. And they do a hell of a good job of it in that party. But it's a little problematic when we have people like Mitch McConnell that don't stand up to this. More when I return. Have you ever played the game, Would You Rather, with your kids? Would you rather be a donkey or an elephant? That was an easy one. Well, here's another easy one. Would you rather overpay for cell phone service every month to a company with leftist values or pay about half with Pure Talk and support a company who cares about your values? It's time to ditch Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Pure Talk has the same 5G coverage as one of those big guys. 
but saves the average family over $800 a year. I made the switch, and so can you. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data is just $30 a month. Or get unlimited data and still save a fortune. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Mark Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. It was Senator Marsha Blackburn who asked that faithful question of Supreme Court nominee Jackson. Can you define the word woman for me? And stumped her. Didn't really stump her. She didn't want to define it because... She demonstrates how she'll vote on this issue of transgenderism and women's sports and so forth. But she was exposed right there and then. Senator Blackburn, how are you? Rich, do we have Senator Blackburn? Yes, I'm right here. How are you, Senator? I am doing well. Thank you so much. And Um, you're exactly right, Mark. She did not want to answer that question. And why? I think that we've had Arabella and Demand Justice and groups that are backing her for the Supreme Court. They've also backed and pushed some of these individuals for the federal district and appellate court. And, you know, they've said, give us your money and we'll push for progressives on the court, activist judges. And she knew full well if she gave me an answer, if she agreed with Justice Ginsburg, which is what I'd asked her, if she agreed with Justice Ginsburg, that there were enduring differences between men and women. And if she gave that answer, then she would have offended those that are on that progressive far left that Marxist ideology, and that was not what she wanted to do. So she just said, I can't. But I think the can't was, I won't, because she didn't want to move to the point of offending them. And, of course, my question had come in a line of questioning that I was doing, starting with her work on a progressive private school board about their curriculum that teaches woke kindergarten and children to choose their gender as young as five years old. And then I went to the VMI decision that Justice Ginsburg wrote in that case, uh, United States versus Virginia. And that is the seminal women's rights case that allows women into our military institutions. And, um, She wouldn't say if she agreed with Justice Ginsburg, which honestly I thought she would probably do. So then I just asked her, can you give me the definition of the word woman? Because I was moving on to talk with her about the biological males competing against biological females. And Mark, it's the right question to ask because these are all things that are going to end up at some point before the court. And people want to know, 
this is a lifetime appointment. This is the only time we're going to be able to know about this person, about how they make decisions, about where they stand on issues. And we had a list of issues for her. And quite honestly, I had laid out for her on Monday, our first day of the hearing, everything I was going to talk with her about. I listed it off, and I gave her the reasons why. And CRT, uh, parental rights, uh, the Woke Education 1619 Project, uh, Biological Male, Biological Female Competition. I said, I'm going to ask you about this. So she knew the question was coming. So it shows you she wasn't prepared. It was she did not want to provide me an answer. You know, Senator, she's extraordinarily radical. I know she's very pleasant and a good temperament and so forth but when it comes to child pornography i mean to be soft on child pornography and that's what it is and to be soft on sentencing criminals to embrace and promote critical race theory and then during the hearing to pretend she doesn't know what any of you are talking about and these sentences and so forth she's she is the most radical nominee in my lifetime and i watch these things the court years ago i interned in the court for a chief justice by the name of warren Berger. She is the most radical nominee, if not in history, certainly in my lifetime. And I'm troubled that not a single Democrat in in the Senate has said a word against her. And three of your fellow Republicans say they think she's fully qualified. She would not answer a question, a written question, of whether she believes in natural rights. It's right there in the first sentence of the Declaration of Independence. You don't have unalienable rights if you don't have God-given natural rights. So... I don't understand why there's, she's, she's sliding right through. It was 20 hours of hearing. You all were attacked for being nasty. I didn't think you were nasty in the least, but that's the nature of the political beast. But how do even any Republicans vote for this? I don't even vote for her. I don't get it. Yeah. Well, it is of concern to me. And, of course, I think we handled this hearing very well. We were respectful. We were courteous. The Democrats had made a circus of the last two hearings for Supreme Court nominees, and we didn't do that. But we did expect answers. And as I told Chairman Durbin, I said, look, questions are not attacks. We are we have a job to do. And Tennesseans expect me to do my job. They expect me to ask questions. They expect me to get answers. That's what they expect of her. They were terribly disappointed that she would not give those answers because they want to know where she is on court packing, what her judicial philosophy is. They want to know why she tried to overrule a a law that Congress had passed that said the law was unreviewable, but she reviewed it anyway. She put in a nationwide injunction on President Trump's immigration policy. She was overturned by the by the D.C. Circuit, a liberal circuit. That's how far to the left and how progressive that she is. And as you said, she is well-educated. She is pleasant. She is conversant, uh, good temperament, but she is so liberal. You know, one of the things to me that was a telltale 
in her opening statement, and this is how I closed out my comments, which ended our Republican side of the questioning. I read her opening statement back to her, where she said as she makes decisions, and she begins from a neutral position, and then she reviews the facts of the case. She looks at precedent, and then she makes a decision consistent with her oath of office. And I read that back to her, and I said, what you left out is the Constitution. That is where Uh your decision-making process should begin, is with the Constitution of the United States. And um, that, I think, really showed where she was in that opening statement. I heard her opening statement, then I got the transcript, and I read the opening statement, and I talked to my team, and I said, look at this. She doesn't even mention the importance of looking at the Constitution to see what it says, and that is where you go first. And you know, Mark, it's the type thing that when you look at our founding documents and our first principles, that Declaration of of Independence, that is our aspirational document. Mm -hmm. That is what we want. That's what our founders did. This is where we stand. But then what is the guarantee that you're going to have those rights to life, liberty, pursuit of happiness? The guarantee is in the Constitution. That is what binds it, what sets it. That is on what we stand. And that is where we should go first. We go there. So the vote is then tomorrow, that's correct? That's right. That's that's correct. And, um, you know, Fred Thompson was a friend of mine over the years. And you don't need to respond to this. And when we were having dinner once, he had retired from the Senate. He said to me, you know, I pretty much got along with everybody except one senator. He said this senator's word was not his bond on more than one occasion. And again, you don't have to respond to this senator. He said Dick Durbin. And I won't say exactly what Fred Thompson said to me, but it wasn't it wasn't in the uh, in the King's English, if you know what I mean. <clears throat> but he was not a big fan of Dick Durbin's. He said, you know, he'd tell you one thing one day, and the next day he'd stab you in the back. I'm just telling you that. You don't need to comment on that. And that's the chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee. And there he is. Mm-hmm. I thought he did a lousy job. I thought he was interfering. I thought he was testifying. And I thought you all did a really, really good job each and every one of you breaking it down. But the but the most uh, important moment will be when you ask that telltale question because that will resonate for decades. She'll be on that court for decades, and she will be voting over and over and over again, in my view, to rearrange society, to support the Democrat Party. That's who she is. That's what her record is, Senator. Well, you're right about that. And as you mentioned, the child porn cases where she went below the minimum. And that is important for people to understand, Mark. Not below the maximum, but below the minimum. Where she made decisions to release hardened criminals like murderers and bank robbers and drug dealers. And she even wrote in one of her opinions, and I I read this back to her, 
where she had lamented that she could not let every prisoner out who was held in D.C. Uh, custody, Department of Corrections custody, during COVID. Mm-hmm. And that is someone who is, you know, it makes me question that commitment to the rule of law. I wanted to hear from her. You mentioned my good friend, for my late friend, Fred Thompson, and my former neighbor, Fred Thompson. And, you know, you might not always agree with Fred Thompson, but you would know where he stood mm-hmm. on issues. And when we have someone coming before us for a lifetime appointment, We may not agree with them, but in order for us to provide advice and consent, it is important to know where they stand. And I don't expect to agree with someone 100% of the time. What I do expect is that they are going to sit before that committee and they're going to answer the questions that are being given to them, and they're not going to skirt those answers and not provide an answer. The American people deserve better. Well, Senator, I want to thank you for your leadership and your articulation on these issues. Sure. It's very, very important. Uh, we had some people, even in conservative talk radio, who said, look, don't put up a fight. After all, it's one liberal replacing another. No, it is a radical replacing a liberal. That's number one. And number two, yes. These are educational opportunities for the American people to understand exactly who is sitting where, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, one of the things that is there when people say, well, it's a liberal replacing a liberal. No, this is a progressive that is replacing a liberal. And this progressive is going to write dissent after dissent after dissent that is going to push us further to the left and you can see it right now they're trying to erase the word woman and look at what has transpired since she signaled where she was on that issue disney made their decision state department says we're going to do x for gender you have dhs announcing that their tsa pat downs will now be gender gender neutral Uh, So these are all decisions that have come forward because now they know they've got someone who is going to help set precedent to the woke agenda on the Supreme Court. Senator Blackburn, thank you very, very much, and uh, be well, my friend. Thank you. All right. God bless. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you ever played the game, Would You Rather, with your kids? Would you rather be a donkey or an elephant? That was an easy one. Well, here's another easy one. Would you rather overpay for cell phone service every month to a company with leftist values or pay about half with Pure Talk and support a company who cares about your values? It's time to ditch Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Pure Talk has the same 5G coverage as one of those big guys. 
but saves the average family over $800 a year. I made the switch, and so can you. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data is just $30 a month. Or get unlimited data and still save a fortune. So do this. Go to puretalk.com, find the plan that's right for you. Then this month, enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, and you'll save an additional 50 percent off your first month that's puretalk.com promo code levin podcast man oh man we've got a lot more next hour we have the the candidate running against murkowski in the republican primary in alaska you'll want to hear from her but also we've got a lot more to jump into here uh, with respect to so many of these other issues And I want to talk about Elon Musk, as I have in the past as well. And yes, I've been asked if Elon Musk can turn Twitter around, I will return to Twitter. Twitter didn't ban me, I banned them. Remember? This man has the potential to change the entire social media and media environment. So far, so good. I'll see you in a few minutes. It's a no-brainer why you should get CarShield. They make it easy and affordable to protect your car from expensive repairs. CarShield offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month and covers more parts than ever before. When you need a repair, you choose the mechanic and CarShield's administrators handle the rest. No paperwork or headaches. CarShield's helped millions of drivers. That's why they're America's number one car protection company. Get coverage today and you'll lock in your price now and it will never go up. That means as long as you own your car, no matter how old it is, you're protected from the rising cost of parts and repairs for your vehicle. So go to carshield.com slash Levin, L-E-V-I-N, or call 800-391-8888 to save 10% on your plan and lock in your pricing forever. That's carshield.com slash Levin, or call 800-391-8888 to save 10%. A deductible may apply. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811, Elon Musk. Here's how Alex Sherman and Laura Kalotny at MS, excuse me, could be, but NBC, what is a CNBC, report on Elon Musk doing something really for freedom. I hope he does. I hope he's able to have a very positive impact there and makes a difference because he's he's one of the few people who's quite capable of it, I believe. And of course, Biden doesn't invite him to the meetings when it comes to electric vehicles. He brings in GM and Ford and the others because Elon Musk is non-union. Of course, we can't have that. You know, my view is union, non-union, we'll take them all. But that's not Biden's view, of course, because he's for democracy and against autocracy. 
So CNBC covers it this way. Elon Musk thumbs his nose at the SEC again with Twitter stick. And, you know, it's, it's so pathetic. Would that be the same SEC now that is demanding that people comply with climate change regulations? I hope they're litigated up the wazoo on that. They have no statutory authority to do that whatsoever. The SEC, disgusting. It is disgusting how the Marxists in this country violate our law, abuse these bureaucracies, abuse our children. It is disgusting, the whole damn thing. Musk disclosed his 9.2 stake in Twitter, they write, more than 20 days after he accumulated shares. The SEC mandates individual passive stakes must be disclosed in a 10-day window. Wow. Fines for late disclosures have historically been in this range of $100,000, a drop in the bucket from Musk, the world's wealthiest man. The Tesla CEO has a long history of brushing off SEC regulations. No, he doesn't. They have a long history of trying to destroy him. He's another guy, you know, like Trump, who's from the outside, comes in, is his own man, his own independent thinker, whether you agree with everything or not. He's done a, uh, a fantastic job trying to help the Ukrainians as the Russians were shutting down the Internet and so forth and satellite systems. He set up a, a uh, parallel system. The Securities and Exchange Commission has another reason to come after Elon Musk. This is what they're rooting for. Ten days rather than 20? Ten days rather than 20? Musk tweeted, free speech is essential to a functioning democracy. And he asked this question, do you believe Twitter rigorously adheres to this principle, yes or no? No, 70.4% who voted, over 2 million people at the time, many more since. Many more since. And uh, it seems to me that uh, this man should be saluted. That this man should be celebrated. Then they have a whole section in here. Musk versus the SEC. You know, he, do- he starts Tesla. He starts SpaceX. And now he's, he's acquired an um, enormous number of shares of Twitter... He doesn't have to do any of this stuff, ladies and gentlemen. You know, he could be like the fifth-generation Rockefellers or, uh, or the Kennedys or the Bushes or the Sununus or whatever. But you see, he violated the 10-day rule. He was 20 days. Can you imagine 20 days? And they're there, of course, to, uh, to jump all over him. But let's hope he does something really well with it. Meanwhile, back at Disney, let me just say this about Disney. The corporatists that run Disney now, and these employees who are demanding that Disney bend to its will, they have taken an institution, an American institution, iconic institution, and they've hijacked it. That's what they've done in our elementary and secondary schools. That's what they've done with our media. And this is what was promoted this indoctrination and the techniques about 110 years ago with the early Marxist progressives as they called themselves they need to insinuate themselves and secrete themselves into all aspects of the culture 
and they demand uniformity and conformity. That's what they do. So they take something that Walt Disney created, who was a conservative, who was a family man, who believed in tradition, a man of faith. And they took what this man created, and all the people around him created. And by the way, he almost went broke. He mortgaged his home to start it all and everything else. And they're destroying it. Like they destroy everything else on the left. They're destroying it. Woke hypocrites at Disney are expanding the company's dealings in 10 countries with explicit anti-gay laws. The blaze. Then we have a piece here in The Federalist. Joe Biden's reversal on sexual exposure for kids shows just how extreme the Democratic Party has become. Joe Biden voted for an amendment to the elementary and secondary law in 1994 that specifically outlawed the discussion. Well, here's what it said. To prohibit schools from receiving funds under the bill, from encouraging or supporting homosexuality as a positive lifestyle alternative, K-12, through which he defined as, quote, the distribution of instructional materials, instruction, counseling, or other services, or referral of a pupil to an organization that affirms a homosexual lifestyle. That is what Joe Biden supported in 1994. That's what he supported. But now, it's okay, preschool to third grade, five years to eight, anything goes. And by the way, the amendment, which was slightly altered later by Ted Kennedy, but he embraced the essentials of it too, assured that federal funds are not used to promote or encourage sexual activity of any kind, any kind. That's the amendment that they agreed on with Kennedy and Jeffords, with Helms and Smith, and it voted passed 99 to 0. 99 to 0, 28 years ago. Today, Florida passes a law and says, you're not to discuss any of this stuff with preschools, preschoolers to uh, third graders. Oh, the don't say gay law. And then you have idiots like Larry Hogan in, in Maryland. Uh, we, we would uh, never pass a law like this here. We know that, you jerk. Back to the blaze piece. Woke hypocrites at Disney are expanding the company's dealings in 10 countries with explicit anti-gay laws. The Walt Disney Company is expanding its operations. This move comes despite the company's insistence on laundering LGBTQ plus narratives into content for children in the United States and its commitment to repealing Florida's recently passed and widely supported parental rights and education law. Media, you creeps, you cretins, that's what it's called. Parental rights and education law. Get it straight. This past Tuesday, the transnational entertainment titan announced that it would be launching its streaming service, Disney Plus, in 42 new areas in Europe, Asia, West Africa, from May to June in 2022. Nearly a dozen of the places where Disney Plus will soon be offered have strict anti-gay laws. They include the following countries, Algeria, Egypt, Libya, Morocco, Oman, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Tunisia, Yemen, and the region they call the Palestinian Territory. There you go. 
not specified whether Disney is expanding its services to both territories considered to be Palestinian, the West Bank, the Gaza Strip, and so forth and so on. Many of the entities to which Disney will soon be extending its services, homosexual acts, are often punished with lengthy jail terms, hard labor, and exuberant fines. Countries like Saudi Arabia, where there is no formalized criminal code, homosexuals and transgender individuals are punished in far more draconian ways. Punishments include expensive fines, chemical castrations, and executions. (coughs) Chemical castration, aren't we promoting that in our elementary schools, Mr. Producer? In Yemen, homosexuality is punishable by death. So the question is, ladies and gentlemen, why is Disney anti-gay? Why is Disney going into countries where homosexuality is specifically criminalized? I think if I'm Governor DeSantis, I ask that question. Why give special state privileges to a bigoted, anti-homosexual company like Disney and those who support it? What do you think, Larry Hogan? You don't think. You're a moron. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Welcome back, America. It's a pleasure to have, for the first time, Kelly Chewbacca on the program. She's running against Murkowski in the Republican primary in Alaska. How are you? I'm great, Mark, and it's really good to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, it's my pleasure, and the nation needs you because we need to defeat Murkowski in Alaska because she doesn't represent the interests of Alaska. She represents the interests of the National Education Association, She represents the interests of the radical left, and she's about to vote to confirm somebody to a lifetime appointment on the Supreme Court who's the most extremist radical nominee in modern American history. What do you make of that? You're absolutely right. Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson does not represent the values of Alaskans. She can't define what a woman is, and she bends over backwards to defend child sex abusers. Up here in Alaska, we have some of the highest rates of sex abuse and domestic violence in the nation. So protecting women and children is a really high priority for us. There will be no justice for women or children with this judge on the Supreme Court. Lisa Murkowski does not represent the constituents of Alaska, but she absolutely 
represents her clients. If you print off her FEC campaign contributions, you'll see about 3% of her campaign contributions come from Alaska, but the rest of it comes from leftist organizations, radical environmentalists, and big tech. So this vote absolutely makes happy the people who are funding and supporting Lisa Murkowski. Now, how does she get away with this in the state of Alaska? How, how does, I mean, she is, she's worse than an establishment Republican. She's in Washington. She's almost an establishment Democrat. How does she get away with it? You know, I think <laughs> of Alaska. I watch these shows in Alaska. I think of, this is where hardy people go, rugged individualists go, uh, people who do not want the federal government in their face, and yet that's her. Murkowski was put in place by her father. When her father, Frank Murkowski, was elected governor, he searched long and far across our big state, interviewing dozens of people, and the only person he could find most qualified for that Senate seat was his daughter, Lisa Murkowski. So in a grand act of nepotism, he appointed his daughter to fill that Senate seat. Guess how hard it is to get an incumbent out of that Senate seat? Right now, for example, I have the endorsement of the Alaska Republican Party. The party has gone so far as to officially censure Murkowski and say she is not allowed to run as a Republican. They did that before I ever announced my race. Despite that, guess who's supporting Murkowski at the federal level? Mitch McConnell. We have a random senator from Kentucky telling all of us Alaskans who our federal senator is going to be. Despite the fact that here in Alaska, we know her campaign is run by Democrats, her PAC is run by Democrats, she's flaunting her endorsements from Democrats, and as you've pointed out, she votes like a Democrat. But we have to fight against the tidal wave of the Republican National Senatorial Committee and national funding. We've only got 500,000 adults up here in Alaska, so the only way we can end the Murkowski monarchy it's been alive in a political dynasty of 50 years in Alaska is with the help of common sense Americans who want to see us end this, this radical ideology coming from our Senate seat that doesn't reflect our values. You know, this Mitch McConnell goes into every state and decides who he wants to be a senator from these, from these sovereign That's states. Right. And he does it because they have to be loyal and have an allegiance to him like she does. And it's really quite appalling. And he uses this National Republican Senatorial Committee, which raises a fortune in these dark money corporate PACs to, to overwhelm his opponents. And I assume he's trying to do that to you, correct? <laughs> yes, that's correct. Lisa's raised um, several million more dollars than me. I am glad to say that we've broken in-state fundraising records. We have raised more money than all her opponents combined in the last 20 years. The vast majority of my money is coming from Alaskans, and this is all really great news. But Mitch McConnell's confident Murkowski's going to win this election because she's got so much money that he's giving her. He ignores data points, though. He cannot, he cannot produce a poll that supports this legend because a poll last year and a poll that Breitbart just released last week the poll this last week shows I've got a two-point lead over her in the general election. It shows that over 61% of Alaskans have an unfavorable view of her best friend Biden. 81% or 87% of our Republicans have an unfavorable view of Murkowski, and a strong majority of our undecided voters have an unfavorable opinion of her. 
I don't see how she turns any of that around, especially not with votes like these. But she's voted to confirm over 90 percent of Biden's radical nominees. And if you dig into that record, her other votes weren't because she opposed his radical nominees. She just wasn't there for the vote. So Mm. she's doing everything she can to be his CEO, his chief enabling officer. Biden could not have gotten as far as he's gotten if it weren't for Lisa Murkowski. By the way, you're very smart and articulate, (laughs) as uh, Joe Biden would say of uh, Obama, but you really are. What is your background? Well, this will be a little surprising maybe for some. My parents came to Alaska before I was born, coming from California for more opportunity, but life doesn't go as they planned, and they ended up being homeless. So that's my background. And my mom proudly fought their way into working-class America because she got an oil job. And with that oil job, they moved into a mobile home and then into a starter home. That's when they had me. I was the first in our family to pursue a college degree. I started at the University of Alaska. I transferred to Texas A&M. And I interned for Senator Ted Stevens. And he said, hey, you should go to law school. That sounded like a good idea. So I applied to every school from, you know, unranked schools to those dream schools. I got into Harvard Law. I mean, get into Harvard Law, you go to Harvard Law. But, Mark, guess what they do with outspoken conservatives who won't be bullied and won't be silenced and won't be controlled when you're at Harvard Law. (laughs) I'm guessing they charge you full tuition. Not only that, but they posted death threats against me regularly. But that didn't stop me. You see, in Alaska, we live among the predators. Like, so you think putting some death threats in the student commons going to, going to intimidate me? So what I learned is it prepares you to run for the U.S. Senate. <laughs> so, All right, listen, don't, don't hang up. Uh, I, I find you to be a fascinating candidate, one that we want to strongly support. I want to bring you back after the bottom of the hour, so don't leave us, please. Her name, America, is Kelly Chubak. And it's kellyforak.com. That's the short for Alaska. Kellyforak.com. Come on, let's help out. We'll be right back. You know, sleep, especially as you get older, is so critical, especially that deep, comforting sleep. Go to helixsleep.com, H-E-L-I-X sleep.com, and take the sleep quiz. I took it and was matched to the Midnight Lux. Helix knows that everyone's unique, so they have several different mattress models to match your body type and sleep preferences. Once you match, your mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. They have a 10-year warranty. And Helix even has financing options and flexible payment plans. So a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. So go to helixsleep.com slash Levin. H-E-L-I-X sleep.com slash L-E-V-I-N. And use code HelixPartner20. That's HelixPartner20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long, folks. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Mark Levin, America's tyranny hunter. Call in now, 877-381-3811. Truly important race in the state of Alaska. Kelly Chewbacca is running against... Lisa Murkowski and Mitch McConnell. Uh, Mitch McConnell wants his favorite senator back in the Senate. She does what he says. 
And uh, let me ask you this, uh, Kelly Chewbacca. You're running in the Republican primary. How does the primary work there? Is it open to everybody? When is it? Interestingly, Murkowski has a political operative that worked on her last two campaigns who put in place a ballot measure last year that changed our election system. We do not have a party primary. So everybody who wants to run for Senate gets to put their name in together. And the four people who receive the most votes go on to the general election. That's part of the reason why the Alaska Republican Party said, you're not taking our party primary from us. They censured Murkowski, and then they endorsed me, functionally making me the Republican nominee. Right now, the two candidates who are raising the million-plus dollars are me and Murkowski. The Democrat has dropped out of the race. And then there's a handful of other people who put their name on the ballot but aren't really raising money or campaigning. So I know I will be going to the general election with Lisa Murkowski and right now have that two-point lead over her. Yeah, because she knew if you had a straight Republican primary, she'd get blown out. And so, you know, you got to change all the rules in Alaska for the Murkowski family. It's like the Kennedy family of Massachusetts or the... Sununus of New Hampshire, the Bushes of Texas, and so forth. And how dare you challenge them? Uh, and how dare you upset the apple cart here? Well, folks, I want us to help Kelly. It's Kelly for AK. That's the initials for Alaska. Kelly for AK dot com. Kelly for AK dot com. So, what were you doing before you decided to run? I decided to commit my career to public service, making government work. For the people, I became an anti-swamp bureaucracy whisperer. There's not many of us, but my background is in exposing fraud, waste and abuse, cutting costs, shrinking government, holding insiders accountable. I've done this in 34 agencies now at the federal level and at the state level. And I'll tell you, Mark, I love my job. I was focused on that and my church, my amazing husband being an Alaskan mom, educating five kids during COVID. Mm. And then Lisa Murkowski cast a tie-breaking vote to advance the nomination of a radical environmentalist, Deb Holland, to be Joe Biden's interior secretary last February. And with that one vote, she killed thousands of jobs in my state and across our country that were just like the one my mom had. And I felt it like a kick in the gut. That's my kid's future, and I owe everything to Alaska, to this state, and the people who came around my family and gave us the opportunities that we had. And I realized Murkowski doesn't feel this because she owes everything to her dad. They hand this Senate seat down like the British royal family hands down a crown, and she owes everything to that political establishment and those people who keep her popular in D.C. She's never had to depend on Alaskans to keep her family with a roof over their head and paying their utility bills and, you know, maybe send their kid to college if they want. But that nepotism has generated a lack of realism. So I just decided the next government insider I'm going to hold accountable is Lisa Murkowski. And I'll start ticking off a list from there. And it is an interesting thing how left Murkowski is. She's not a moderate. I mean, she is left on these big issues. And Look how she turned on Donald Trump. Donald Trump was was probably one of the best presidents Alaska's had in modern times. And the way she uh, treats him is, again, wanting to be the Washington Post, the New York Times' favorite Republican, she and Collins and Romney, among others. And she just stabs him in the back like that. And, and now, look, you got Biden. He's taken Anwar off the table. And, 
He's attacking fossil fuels. He's attacking energy companies. He's destroying jobs in Alaska. They are, they're, they're making it difficult for the timber industry. And look, we're all environmentalists. Just because you're a Marxist leftist doesn't mean you're a better environmentalist than the rest of us. And so she is partly responsible for this, don't you think? Mark, I hold her primarily responsible. You see, if it wasn't for our senator, the person who's supposed to protect and defend us, we would not have Deb Holland sitting in that interior position. It was Deb Holland who shut down Anwar, who helped kill NPRA and helped kill our Willow Oil Project, who helped kill our Ambler Mine, who's taken 60 million more acres from us for hunting, who's fighting us over the navigable water rights that the Supreme Court has given us twice. I could go on and on. Murkowski has set her hand to confirming, championing the confirmation of a radical environmentalist federal judge here who has just ripped and stripped so many rights from us Alaskans. She says in messages one thing to us that makes her look like a moderate, but you're absolutely right. I wouldn't even call her a Democrat. She is a leftist all the way. That's why you see that she's giving far more support to this judge that Biden's nominated than she ever did to the constitutionalist justices Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett that were nominated under President Trump. Those were justices that would have protected the rights of Alaskans that need to be protected from the Second Amendment to the First Amendment to the one that I think we need to really be seriously talking about, the Tenth Amendment, our rights as states to responsibly develop our resources. And you touched on this. You can never convince me that a bureaucrat in the Beltway 4,000 miles away who's never stepped foot here cares more about the people in Alaska who live here and fish here and hunt here and depend on the resources of this land to make it through the winter. That's our everyday life. There's not one person back there, high and mighty, behind the wall of Capitol Hill that they've built to protect themselves from Americans that cares more about the mountains, the lakes, and the rivers than we do up here. Not one. But Lisa Murkowski continues to put them in office and put bureaucrats in that strip our rights away from us. And she's the one we've got to hold accountable. Mark, I think come November, we're going to block Biden's business-busting, border-bungling, crime-cascading, defense-decimating, energy-annihilating, gun-grabbing, gender-jumbling, liberty-loathing, mandate-marching, parent-punishing, police-persecuting, socialist-supporting, America-obliterating agenda. And I can't wait to end the Murkowski monarchy. Let me just say this. You're a star, and I and I am strongly <laughs> encouraging people in Alaska, strongly, to support you. I'd like to endorse you, and also I want to encourage people in Alaska and all over the country to help give you the funds you need to get your message out because Murkowski is going to have and has all this money from all these interests pouring into Alaska It's a big state geographically. It's a small state population-wise, and that's how she she pulls this stuff off. She's extremely deceptive and deceiving to the people in Alaska. She plays the system. If it's not working her way, she changes the system. Enough is enough. I can't believe she's still there. The fact that her father appointed her to the Senate, most people would be disgusted with something like that. So you can make a difference, America. These senators vote on issues that affect us, like this. This, uh, this judge she's going to put on the Supreme Court for life who's going to rule over and over again against most of what we don't believe in or for most of what we don't believe in. It's Kelly Chewbacca. Kelly Chewbacca. Uh, Kelly for AK. That's Alaska. Kelly for AK.com. 
Let's do everything we can to help Kelly here. Any final words, Kelly? Mark, it's an honor to be with you. And, you know, just as you say those things, I just think we've inherited our freedom and our nation from military leaders like my dad who served in Vietnam, people who have sacrificed a lot and at a significant cost. And when I wrestled with the decision to get in, I didn't want to be a senator when I grew up. I'm just happy being a mom. But I believe that too much is given, much is expected. So I'm not going to stand on the sidelines while Biden and Murkowski and their leftist friends continue to just decimate this state and country that I love. So that's why I decided to jump and say I'm all in. And so thank you all for being all in with me, because I don't think this is the end. I think we can turn things around. It's just time for Americans with courage and common sense to rise together and lead us forward. As Mark said, I'm Kelly. I'm for Alaska. You can find me at kelly4ak.com. Thank you. All right, Kelly. Good luck. I'm sure we'll have you back. You take care of yourself. Give them hell. (laughs) Thanks so much. I'll talk with you soon. All right. Wow, she's good. I mean, I, I honestly, I didn't know much about the uh, the the individual. I didn't know much, but just listening to her now—that's twenty minutes. What do you think, Mister Producer? Very solid. Can you imagine her replacing Murkowski? Now, folks, again, Mitch McConnell's behind this, so he needs to be defeated in Alaska and every other state where he's endorsing somebody who doesn't support our values. This is the problem. We'll hand a Senate to them, we'll hand a House to them, and then you have McConnell leading the, uh, the, the, the effort. And he can put down the House, too. You know, he's got a lot of power over there. He's a disaster. We'll deal with him later. Right now, we've got to get enough constitutional, freedom-believing conservatives in the Senate, and in the House, of course, but I'm talking about the Senate now, And there is simply no question that Kelly Chewbacca is one of them. She's been endorsed, I understand, by President Trump, too. I mean, this is very, very important. This will send a huge signal to defeat a a radical incumbent. And she's right. She's not just a liberal. She's a radical leftist. She is the NEA's favorite politician. She's against the parents. She embraces this critical race theory crap. And, you know, uh, when, uh, when Mr. Romney's up, we're going to deal with this in Utah, too. Hopefully he won't run. But enough is enough. He won't even endorse Mike Lee while he endorses this radical, hard, left judge for the Supreme Court, folks. This, this reveals them. It exposes them. Completely reveals them. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Have you gotten your letter from the IRS yet? These last few years have not been easy on the American family. And with tax season finally arriving, there'll be millions of hardworking people and businesses that could struggle even more due to the IRS working against them. Well, America First Tax Group can help put an end to your worries. Just one phone call to 800-806-1299. Hello, 800-806-1299. And you'll be in touch with the America First Tax Group, a full-service tax company that'll fight the IRS and help put you on the path to financial freedom. Their experts can help you or your business with any tax-related problems you may have, from dealing with your back taxes to granting you access to tax relief and much more. Don't wait. Get in touch with America First Tax Group today by calling 800-806-1299. That's 800-806-1299 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com slash Levin. Again, 800-806-1299 or AmericaFirstTaxGroup.com. 
dot com slash L-E-V-I-N. In the uh, prior confirmation, uh, I was concerned that she was outside the mainstream. Uh, and as a result of our meeting for an hour together and reviewing her uh, testimony before Congress, I became convinced that she's within the mainstream. She's also highly qualified, intelligent, a capable person, and I uh, wish her the very best. Unbelievable. You're going to have to live by those words, Romney, because you're a, you're a liar. Notice he didn't read any of her decisions. He didn't read any of her essays or speeches. He attacked his fellow Republicans. He's reversed course. He's flip-flopping. He opposed her. She was, he was concerned she's out of the mainstream. But now as a result of the testimony, which uncovered more information that showed that she was soft on uh, pornographers, child pornographers, uh, and that she had promoted critical race theory and all the rest of it, Mitt Romney's convinced that she's in the mainstream. You hear that, Utah? I'm convinced this man is, a, is, is among the worst political opportunists in modern American history, and that's why he'll vote for the most radical nominee to the Supreme Court in modern American history. James Houston, Texas. How are you, James? Go ahead. I'm doing good, man. Can I finally get to speak to the great one? There you go. Hey, uh... Only thing I'm gonna, only thing I'm gonna bring up here today is Ukraine. Basically, I feel like we're being played, not by Ukraine, not by Russia, but by our own government. Throughout history, as far as I've lived, we've all been taught hate Russia, Russia bad, Russia evil, Russia this. So it's just a commonplace. I mean, thing. just because they have three thousand nuclear weapons, nuclear missiles aimed at us. I know, I get that too, but we haven't pointed at them too, so it's kind of a stalemate. Uh, I don't I don't see, I don't buy the relativity. We're good and they're bad. Well, I'm not saying we're good, because well, we've committed our own things. Now, wait, uh, sir, this is what bothers me. People pretend to be for America, waving the American flag, America first, and then you start trashing our country. That's what the radical left does. No. Putin is a killer. He is an evil man. He invaded a country. And they're slaughtering the people over there. That country didn't invade Russia. They're not threatening Russia. They don't have any nukes. They certainly aren't threatening us in any way whatsoever. I have serious problems with our government often. It's too big. It's bloated. It's becoming more and more of a police state. I have a real problem with the Democrat Party. I've written a book about American Marxism. All true. But when something is black and white, good and evil... You got to call it for what it is. I agree. I agree. Um, as far as their invasion, I, I don't think that provocation was really necessary. I mean, it's coming out. We have bio labs scattered out all across his border. Now we don't have bio labs. The Soviets had bio labs in the Ukraine uh, when the Soviet Union collapsed. The bio labs were still there. The Ukrainians asked us to come in. They didn't know what the hell to do with it. There's all kinds of biological materials and so forth. We're not sure what to do with it. We didn't put those biolabs there. We're not conducting experiments there. I agree. I agree. But the fact that we're... Would you feel comfortable with him running ones in Tijuana or Nogales? Or would you be okay with them having those there? I'm not but comfortable with drug cartels sending fentanyl in our country, but we don't send the 82nd Airborne and the 101st Mountain Division into Mexico and start blowing up their cities and slaughtering their citizens. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. And I don't believe that the slaughtering of the citizens are being done by the Russians. 
I'm seeing oh, videos on channels that you, well, there would be your Azov brigade. It would be your Ukrainians. Let's, let's, before we get into so, that. So the Ukrainians are killing the Ukrainians, and the Ukrainian witnesses are, they're lying about their brothers and their mothers and their neighbors. It's not the Russians. It's fellow Ukrainians. James, I don't know. Have you been at happy hour? What the hell's going on there, brother? Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our trucker brothers and sisters. We never forget you and our Ukrainian freedom fighter friends and allies. We stand with you.